Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, Transparently Speaking. I saw on a Facebook group for parents, this organization called Strands for Trans, and the the parent was talking about how their child, um, who had a trans-masculine identity, went to cut their hair off and were very nervous about how they would be treated and found this organization called Strands for Trans, which is a website, and you can go and look and see who in your area um, has registered as, you know, friendly um, understands gender pronouns. They have even a symbol, which is the barber pole, but instead of red and white stripes, it's pink and blue. Um, and what was really cool about it was that the stylist um, took sent them a picture after they were done of the stylist's feet in a V shape, and they had swept the hair that had all been cut off into a heart shape and sent it to them. And it just really got me thinking about our own hair journey and how much hair plays a role in this journey, at least for the younger ages, at the very least, um, and how hair plays a role in all of our identities. Yeah, that's interesting, Diana. Thank you so much for for sharing that resource, first of all, which I haven't heard of it, but that sounds wonderful. And I'm curious, I, I agree that hair... Um, definitely plays a role in our gender expression. And just before we started, we were talking about that a little bit, but I'm curious for you and your experience um, with your children, kind of how has hair or the importance of hair shown up for you guys? What's interesting with Clark is before we recognized his gender identity or even knew, he had started asking I would say within like six months prior to transition about cutting his hair short and his hair kind of had always been, he has super curly hair. So (laughs) long for him is like to the shoulders um, because when you actually brush the curls out, it's way down his back, but it's to his shoulders. And so, you know, he had been being misgendered or kids would ask like, are you a boy or are you a girl all the time? And he always seemed upset. And I thought he was upset because they didn't know. So I was, I didn't want to cut his hair short because of that. Well, now people will ask even more and you'll be more upset that they don't recognize that you're a quote girl, what I thought. So we would bob it to under the ear. And then right before transition or that I realized anything, I said, you know, it's just hair. Go ahead and cut it. And he chickened out. He decided not to. But it wasn't until after the conversation where he was able to tell me that he's a boy in his heart that that next haircut, um, he went to get it cut off. And he had a picture and it was just a short haircut. Um all the curls gone except for a little bit of wave on top. 
And he had the hugest smile on his face afterwards. I mean, he all of a sudden sat up straighter. He hopped off that chair. He was posing for the camera. He used to, I mean, he'd let me take his picture prior to that, but he didn't really like it. But he wanted me to take his picture. He wanted to see that picture with short hair. It was really an amazing and a very affirming experience. How was that for you? (laughs) That was a mixed bag um, for me. On one hand, I was happy because, you know, this is what you want. You want to see your child with that joy and that confidence. And here it was. And at the same time, those curls represented what what I thought I had. I never did, but what I thought I had and, and... and what I was saying goodbye to, his smiles, what I was saying hello to. I think my own emotions were a little bit overshadowed by Grayson. Um, Grayson was five at the time, and he was angry. Like he, I thought he was going to tackle the stylist to make her stop. And he even said, stop, stop, after the first cut. Stop, stop, don't do it, don't do it. And he was crying and crying. And we had to stop the haircut. And Clark was very concerned for Grayson, why he was so upset. And we didn't understand why he was so upset, except for this change. And we took some time to calm him down and, you know, let him know that this is what Clark wanted. And just like we let him cut his hair the way he wants. Um, But it wasn't until later in the evening that for for five-year-old Grayson, he was like, well, I'm worried this brother isn't going to want to play with me the way my sister did. Those were his words. And so like for him, the haircut really represented the transition for him. Um, But that had a happy ending because once he was able to tell us that and we shared it with Clark, Clark told Grayson, I love you and I will still play with you. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing how much hair in this expression of, you know, gender and self, how much that can mean. Right. What was it like for Samantha? Because you have the um, opposite. You can't just cut it. You can't have it done in a day. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because um, when Samantha was really little and we – similar kind of to your story where there hadn't been full clarification of identity yet. Right. So we were, weren't yet on this journey of recognizing our child as transgender. Um, You know, Samantha would wear often a white t-shirt. I think it, maybe it was even my husband's white t-shirts that on, on um, her head. Right. So I, I still tend to say like his head, because when I, I think of my child as younger, I still remember, um, Samantha in that identity that I had perceived. And so here, you know, he is wearing this t-shirt on his head, sort of pulled back, um, you know, like you put the t-shirt over your head, then you pull it up so that it, the um, hole for the head was tight around your forehead. And then it would fall down over his shoulders. And for the longest time, I just thought it was a scooby thing he did. And I didn't even realize that it was intended to represent long hair. 
And um, so it was just like, you know, with, with, with a kid, when they're younger, they're doing goofy things or trying things out. You don't, I didn't assign or ascribe a bunch of meaning to it, but over time, as it continued to happen, and as I observed other behaviors, like flicking, flicking the t-shirt, like a woman would long hair (laughs) off of the shoulders. (laughs) Then I was like, oh my gosh, Samantha is thinking of that as long hair. So um, it's interesting because I was sharing with you that I have always cut my children's hair and we happened to be um, international at the time. And a friend of mine there said, when do you think that Samantha will recognize that when you are cutting her hair, it's not growing. Like she can't grow it long. Every time you cut it, it's getting shorter. And it was the first realization I had that Samantha wasn't understanding the link between that behavior and the desired outcome. And so it's interesting, right? Because as kids, right, this effect and the behavior and then the effect of it isn't necessarily linked. And that was sort of an aha for me. And once Samantha had the language to explain her identity and indicate that she in her heart and in her head was a girl she was very clear about indicating she wanted her hair to grow and we no longer cut it and so we went through this period of time where um, anyone who's cut their hair short knows you know when you want long hair and short there's like this awkward phase right (laughs) like what do you do with it Um, and so we have photos of Samantha and you know, one just kind of breaks my heart because it's this beautiful picture of her. I don't know if it was 4K or kindergarten, you know, that they made at school where they just take a quick photo, they print it out, they put it on a cutout, like colored piece of paper as an ornament to be hung it on the tree. And my kids always help decorate the trees for Christmas. And it was just last year, you know, that she took it off and she crumpled it up and she said, I hate that picture. And it's this beautiful picture of her. She got this huge smile on her face, but it's at that stage where her hair was kind of wonky and like growing out and she just hates it. So for her, and even now today, she's 11 and she just wants her hair to be as long as she can get it. And so it's, you know, it's towards reaching her bottom and it's definitely long. And so for her, hair is really important part of her identity as a girl and wanting long hair. Right. Which, you know, is so interesting because between us, like I have very short hair, you have long hair and I find that kids are way more accepting of adults having diversity of expression and not pigeonholing us as much in general. Um, but I think that's interesting. I, I am wondering, Diana, if some of that is this concept of gender expression reflecting in adults you know, that there's different ways we have our gender expressed or different ways we can see an adult as, you know, a female versus male or expressing in certain ways. It's obvious when you look at someone or more obvious when you look at someone independent, perhaps of hairstyle. Whereas perhaps what I see with children is, you know, they don't have some of those same expressions, whether you're talking about body type or, you know, facial hair or, you know, even a jaw structure, all these things that today help reflect for us as a society, expectations around gender expression and gender identity. As children, they all kind of look this, you know, the bodies all look the same. And so they're, from my perception, the quote little things of hair and clothes really are the indicators that they can use to be doing gender 
expression. How does how does that sit with you? Does that ring true? Well, I think we should clarify that it's 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 our cues to guess, mm, yeah. not to know. And that's one thing I I always try to teach the kids is like you can look at hair mannerisms whatever and guess but you do not know until you ask and i would love for us as a society to get away from that you know breast equal woman or facial hair equals man um i mean i think it feels like we're a long way from that but i would love to get away from that um and you know just be because one phenomenon we see in kids of trans experience or gender expansive children is those on the kind of transmasculine gender vector, like are hyper masculinized. You know, they will extra macho, more sports, or whatever they view the message they've heard as a very masculine thing or identity and we see that on the trans feminine side that the girls of trans experience many of them not all there's never an all but many of them are very what we describe in our society as girly right extra pink lots of pink lots of ribbons lots of dresses lots of whatever it is um and and i think it's because of those staunch definitions you know as We've discussed my youngest, my five-year-old, Dinah, identifies as male and um, has long hair. And I can't figure out if it's because he likes long hair or because um, he's afraid to get his hair cut. And the only reason I wonder if it's because he's afraid to get, I don't care if he has long hair. And I've never ascribed since he was born hair length. Um, to gender. I mean, when he was born, of course, he had long hair. Then I had medium length hair and now I have extremely short hair. So, and I've never pointed anyone out to him and said, oh, that's a intergender because of what they look like. I've always said things like, and I guess that person is a, the, you know, man, but I don't know until I ask them. And I've never said why I guessed they're a man. I've just said that. So he has long hair. And the fear, I wonder, is because he says, I'm going to cut my hair short when I'm eight years old. (laughs) And eight comes from because that was the age the next brother of his next oldest brother was when he was like, now how old is he? And he's getting his hair cut. And like, he's eight. It's actually right before he turned nine. He's eight and he's like, mm, okay, that's when I'll cut my hair then. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting, right? So how we all look up to our siblings to understand or define our own expectations or desires. I want to recognize, Diana, this um, key message that I'm hearing from you, which I think is wonderful. And I'd like to begin incorporating actually with my kids, this concept of gender identity We can guess, but we don't know until we ask. Mm -hmm. Because I also think it just opens up people to be allowed to express, right? And, you know, um, 
Genetically, I come from a hairier bunch. So I remember the mortification in middle school when I realized I had hair above my upper lip. And thankfully, I had an older sister that taught me how to go to the drugstore and get hair bleach for facial hair. And I would bleach that mustache. But it was like an absolute mortification because I knew if my peers saw, they would pick it out and make fun of it. But why would they make fun of it? Because it's considered a masculine identity, right? So I'm not saying we're going to heal all things, but can you imagine if we didn't associate that together, that some of the angst that would <laughs> take away for just our normal biodiversity, which mm -hmm. in my case is facial hair, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? So That's really powerful. I think that's, that's a wonderful thought. And I think, um, one piece we haven't mentioned, but I think fits well into this is this concept of the non-binary folks who don't ascribe to either a masculine or a feminine gender. Or know, ascribe to both. Or ascribe to both. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of this concept of people always questioning, because in our society, that is not a very common or understood experience. And so folks in our society, I was kind of guessing, well, who are they? <laughs> what are they? And yet not having a safe way maybe even to ask or realize that that individual would probably prefer or really appreciate if somebody would ask rather than, you know, sitting, questioning, maybe even angsting over how would I approach them or reference them in terms of pronouns. Right. Exactly. So, and, but I think at the same time, as much as I'd like hair and other things not to be ascribed to feminine and masculine, they are. And I do think it's really important for people and our children even um, to feel comfortable in their skin and how they see themselves. If they see themselves with super long hair down their back, then, you know, great. And if they see themselves with short hair, then, then great that there is an importance to feeling good in your skin and how you look at yourself in the mirror. So, and even though some people may say, oh, you know, they're too young to know, but they're not. They know from a young age if they want short hair, long hair, you know. Yeah. And I think this concept of that self-confidence, you know, can also bring in an opportunity to recognize that, hey, I want to show up in the world this way. People may, you know, think a certain way of me or choose to judge me a certain way. But by me making a choice to show up confidently or know who I am, I can recognize that others also have that choice and I can look to build respect for them as well. Right, exactly. Awesome. Well, Diana, thank you so much for you know sharing that resource that brought us into a wonderful conversation about gender identity and expression and some good ways for us all to think about how that shows up for us in our daily lives. Absolutely. Again, that that um, organization is called Strands for Trans. And I actually um, sent it to the stylist that first cut Clark's hair. And I also sent it um, to another stylist I know that I think would be wonderful if, you know, anyone's worried about what that experience would be like, just for them to know with no pressure, they may never there's a sticker you can put in your window for it. They may never 
do it, but just making people aware because, you know, that it's already um, exciting and nervous to change your hair and do something different. Um, but to know that you're not going to have to explain your identity or worry about being misgendered on top of it is just a gift. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that gift with us and a little bit of learning today. Thank you. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.